I've come here to set you free. I've come here to liberate you. I've come here to give you freedom. I've come here to heal you. I've come here to release you. I've come here to set the chains off of your lives. I've come to let my spirit move in your lives, says the Lord. I've come because I love you, says the Lord. I've come because you're precious to me, says the Lord. I've come because I want to draw you nearer to me, says the Lord. I've come because I want you to be effective for me, says the Lord. I've come because I love you with an everlasting love, says the Lord. I would say to you this day, lay down your lives to me, says the Lord. Let everything go and let me fill you to overflowing. Don't let any encumbrance interfere with the move of my spirit in your lives, says the Lord. But lay it all at my feet and let me fill you to overflowing. Because I've come to set you free, says the Lord. To strengthen you, to lift you up, to cause your heart to be filled with praise and rejoicing because he's loosening you into the heavenly realm to partake of heavenly things, to partake of everything you need. Yes, his plan is for every one of you to be strong in the Lord. Don't talk about being weak anymore. Say, I am strong. I'm strong. I'm overcoming by the grace of God. I will not fear. I will believe the word of the Lord, and he shall do great things for me. Yes, the Lord loves everyone. His love is flowing out. His love is covering you right now. And you can just feel the warmth of his love. He's causing things that are difficult in your life just to melt away. Hallelujah. Be refreshed. Be renewed. Be filled with praise and adoration of the Lord Jesus. says the Lord. I have started to move by my Holy Spirit with a new revival, says the Lord, that is starting to blossom in different parts of the world. And this revival is going to bring fear of the Lord in many nations, in many of my people, says the Lord. Because as I raise up with this movement of my Holy Spirit, bringing the awareness of my presence in each heart of you, says the Lord, you will be more and more aware of how close I am how near of you I am, how present I am in every place that I am moving, says the Lord. And you will be much aware of, of my presence, and the fear of the Lord will raise in your hearts, will raise in your minds. And uh, in this movement, I will bring back holiness. In this movement, I will bring back uh, real sanctification in the hearts. 
purification that is not only the outward one, but the inward one. That is where I'm aiming at this time, my people, says the Lord. And you have to be willing to let me in with my presence and with my Holy Spirit, because I want to sanctify you, but not by commandments of man, but by my Holy Spirit, says the Lord. Not by instructions of people, but the instructions of my Holy Spirit that will bring the fear of the Lord into your heart, says the Lord. So let me move in you, says the Lord. Let me touch those areas that are hidden and that you don't want to expose to anybody but me, says the Lord. And let me touch you deeply inside, says the Lord, because I'm going to renew you. I'm going to transform you. I'm going to move by my fear, says the Lord, by my Holy Spirit. Free from the power of sin. But we have to confess our sin. We have to allow him to give us the grace to overcome. And he's inviting us to that right now. So I just want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, to open your heart. Thank you, Father, for your love. We respond to you right now. Lord, we want to be holy as you are holy. We thank you that we can walk cleanly and in freedom and in victory. And that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. And we choose to embrace it, Father. We say thank you. Lord, increase the fear of God in our midst. Increase our understanding of the fear of the Lord. We ask you, O oh God, not our understanding of the fear of the Lord, but your understanding. We want you to help us to understand what it means to fear you, God. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, into our souls, into the dark, deep crevices, the junky areas. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The Lord just spoke to me over there just a moment ago, and uh, uh, this is what he said to me. Uh, he's, spo- he's spoken in these days to many people in different ways. A lot of prophetic ministry is taking place, and, and he wants to say this to you. Uh, there shall be a performance of the word that God spoke to you. Sometimes we look at circumstances and situations. We look at ourselves and we say, how can this be? But remember Zechariah, when God spoke to him that he and his wife would have a child, and uh, he, the forerunner of Jesus, the John the Baptist, the first thing he said was, how can this be? Yeah. And uh, when he spoke to Mary uh, about her having a child, the first thing she said was, how can this be? And uh, it seemed like God's always challenging us to believe above the circumstances of believe uh, to to believe and trust in him, not because things look uh, good for that situation to be accomplished or right for it, but because God's spoken and God has spoken to many lives and he wants to encourage you. The many that have come to, to listen, don't 
don't listen to the negative lies that are going to be given to you by the devil. Because he'll speak to you. Say, this won't happen to you. Or, this the, or say, well, my husband won't fit into this. Or my wife won't fit into this. Or circumstances just won't, you know, it just won't happen. But God says to you, uh, to you that uh, that which he's spoken shall come to pass. And there shall be a performance. That's the word he gave me. There shall be a performance of the things that are spoken to you by the Lord. Praise God. As you can, and our part is to trust. Not look to circumstances, not to people, not to weaknesses, others or ourselves, but look to the Lord who spoke the word because he watches over his word to perform it. See, when he speaks, he's watching over it and he's going to do the thing that he said to you. So I want to encourage you with that. Praise God. And you may be seated. You know, we had a wonderful response this weekend from the from those of you who who, uh, came out and participated in the prophetic ministry. I believe we had 62 appointment slots available and we used 60 of them. And so that's a pretty um, it's a pretty good response, I'd say, from this church. And I believe you are hungry for the word of the Lord, hungry for God's direction, his purposes for your life. And I want to encourage you. On the lines of what Pastor Dale just said, you know, just the word you receive. Um, let God speak to your heart about that. And we're going to talk more about this next week. But a couple of things I want to encourage you with. Don't. The purpose of our time this weekend, the, the reason why we invited the prophets to come in and speak to you was to build you up, to comfort, to exhort you, to challenge you, to convict you, but also to bring direction and remind you that God has purpose for your life. Sometimes we forget. But also want to encourage you not to allow yourself to get into bondage. There might have been something spoken to you that didn't make sense or didn't seem to apply to you at all. Don't get hung up on that. But allow the Lord to examine your heart and say, Lord, I don't understand this. Does this mean anything? And if it doesn't, you take that part of the word and you park it on the shelf. And you say, okay, God, I'll leave this to you. When you want to speak to me about that, I'll just trust that to you. Because the Bible tells us to let two or three prophesy and let others judge. So we don't just take the word and just whatever said, we just accept it. We need to examine it with our hearts. And we need, that's why myself and, and the elders sat in a room with you. It wasn't just so we can be nosy. Well, that might be why I was sitting there. But because we want to be there with you to judge the word. And God spoke wonderful words to you this weekend for a purpose to liberate you and challenge you and allow you to move forward. But don't be hung up on something that was not that doesn't make sense to you or you feel like doesn't apply to you. Okay, I just want to encourage you not to get hung up on that and allow the enemy to really mess with your mind about that. Just take that and say, Lord, I don't understand this. And you just put on a shelf and allow the Holy Spirit to take care of that. Amen. Well, as many of you know, we've, we have, um, and I mentioned earlier, we have four brothers that have come from different parts of the states to be with us. Uh, we have Philip Stanley, who's from uh, Oregon, Portland, Oregon. Uh, Alan Thorner, who's from Kentucky. What place in Kentucky? Madisonville, Madisonville, Kentucky. And they have horses there in Kentucky. Uh, Eliezer Mendoza, who um, right now is living in Dallas, Texas, uh, from Mexico. 
And we have Mark Anderson and his wife are from, they're living in uh, Iowa, Muscatine, Iowa. And if you know Joseph, never mind, I'm not going to even go, I'm not going to talk about Iowa State, Joseph. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. Anyway, my son's an Iowa State fan, for those of you who do know that. And so he's excited to meet someone from Iowa, the state of Iowa. So there you have it. Well, um. These brothers have been a blessing, and we're going to give them an opportunity to share what the Lord has given them. Um, where's Mark? Mark, I'm going to ask you to come on up first and to share what the Lord has given you. Yes, first, hear the word of the Lord. For in reality, I am bringing an updraft for the humble people of this, this church Yes, even for the lame and the outcast, I am bringing such an updraft that I will bring you into soul winning and and even the mission field, says the Lord. For if you'll stretch out your arms, stretch out your wings and catch the upbeat of my spirit, I will transport you to the mission field, even the penniless. Even uh, those who have a living in poverty, I am bringing such an updraft that I will transport you into mission work. For truly, says the Lord, I have called this church, this fellowship, to be a missionary sending church. Yes, and I will send out many from this church, and you should be effective on the field, abroad and at home, and I shall bring former missionaries back into this church and you shall nurture them and succor them and uh, repair them. And some of them you'll send out again. Yes, even those of you who do not go to the mission field, you'll be blessed because this is a missionary sending church. So I say, put your faith out. Trust in me. Receive the blessing. Put out your wings. Catch the updraft. For I'm sending many of you into the blessed work of the mission field. Glory to God. Yes. Now you have a wonderful church here, a wonderful pastor, his wife and family that I've been getting to know. And, of course, Dale Barnes, who we've known you many years, and, and your elders here. And I just want to give a word from Scripture to support your so wise pastor. I, and I say that in great sincerity. <laughs> I have been impressed by how you have prepared your people for this presbytery time. The scripture is in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight. Now, this is, this is soldier language. And he's saying that prophecies bring strategies for the soldiers. Many of you have heard prophecies over your life during this weekend. And I believe in impartation. These prophecies are filled with impartation and assignment. If you're a student, the prophecies are an assignment for you. If you're a cook, the prophecies are a recipe for you. But they're not the whole cake. 
you've got to mix the ingredients together. If you're a musician, they're the score in front, but it's not the finished product. You've got to mix it up and put it all together. If you're a lover, the prophecy is a kiss from God. But everybody knows something more falls a kiss. If you're a homeowner, the prophecy is a down payment for you. Let me give my own, my own life as an example in support of how you're training your people here, CJ. Philip Stanley gave a prophecy over me that I would enter into prophetic ministry. I not only doubted his prophecy, I disbelieved it. I went home and told my wife, I don't believe it. And she said, well, why don't you give it a chance? Work with it. So I listened to my wife and said, well, I'll work with it. So I began to work with it, saying, Lord, if this is really you, confirm it. Make it real in my life. And here I am today. I worked with that thing. Now God's sending me to churches, different places, because I, I, I fought the fight to make the prophecy real. That's your assignment now. Alan, do you have anything you want to share with the body? Alan Thorner from the places where a lot of horses live. (laughs) Praise God. Well, greetings from Madisonville, Kentucky, which is in the middle of nowhere, but (laughs) lots of horses and lots of uh, places to go hunting. And I'm from New York, so you can imagine what that would have been like moving to a place like that. But I've lived there 15 years, and I'm enjoying every minute of it. Um, Just to give you a little background about myself, uh, I am of Jewish background. I got saved while I was in medical school, and since I went to medical school, obviously I'm a doctor. I practice emergency medicine. I've been practicing it now for over 30 years. And uh, talking about moving in prophetic ministry, I've had words over me, I don't know how many times, telling me I'm a prophet. And I kept saying, no, I'm not. I don't want to be a prophet. That's a <laughs> and uh, finally, not that long ago, actually, I finally said, okay, Lord, I'm moving in that ministry. I'll just go ahead and do it. And by faith, I stepped out and started doing it. And the Lord's been blessing me ever since. And so, again, anything that the Lord has given you about ministry, about the future, about things that God has in store for you, even if you're not ready for it, if it's the Lord, he'll keep working on you until you finally say, yes, Lord, I'm willing, I'm here, I'm available, and then start moving out. And as you do that, you'll get blessed because you'll be fulfilling the purposes that God has for you. And the word I have for you today is in... uh, um, Um, Luke chapter 17, verse 6. And the Lord said, If you have faith like a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted, be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. I want to talk about a little bit about faith because I want to encourage you. The prophetic word, one of the things it's supposed to do is to bring faith into your life. God speaks the word And it brings faith into your life. Now, being a scientist and being trained in medicine, 
I know all about seeds and all about cells and dividing and multiplying, and I can get into all that stuff, uh, you know. But the idea of being here is that a mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds there are. One of the, you can barely see it. It's so tiny. And God has given each and every one of you a mustard seed. And that mustard seed is your faith. If you've asked Jesus Christ into your life, you have received that mustard seed. Now, that mustard seed is then planted into the ground. Jesus has planted it into your life. Everybody's got that same seed. Nobody has more than somebody else. God is not a respecter of persons. But you take, you take that seed and you plant it. Now, what you do after you plant it is a whole other ballgame. You can take that seed and you can allow the water of the Word to nourish it. And, the, and, and you can allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life to bring the food and nourishment to it and the water to bring forth the growth. And it grows up into a beautiful bush where it brings rest and encouragement to other people. Or you can choose to not let the Word of God be in your life and not allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life. And it may grow a little bit, but it doesn't grow into what God has it for you. And so I want to encourage you today, God has planted a mustard seed in each and every one of you. So you have the potential to have faith to be able to move mountains, each one of you. It's not for some special ministry somewhere. It's not for waiting for the prophet to come so that they can speak the word and move mountains in your life. All we're here to do is to encourage you and to water the seed that's inside of you. To build you up to become what God wants you to be. And so I want to encourage you today. Allow the Word to move in your life. Study the Word of God. Meditate on it. Don't just let Sunday morning be the time for the Word. But you need to have the Word in your life every day. And God will not only uh, develop you in the Logos Word, but He'll speak random words to you. He'll speak to you in your life. And what will that do in your life that will increase faith? And then the only thing you have to do is sort of step out a little bit. And as you do that, as you take those little baby steps and you see God faithful, you're able to take a little more, a little more. And finally, you can take the big steps to what? Move mountains. So I want to encourage you today. Let the Spirit of God move in your life. Be filled with the Word of God and allow faith to increase so that you can see the mountains in your life moved so you can see miracles and signs and wonders and healings which we all desire to see. The key is allowing the Lord to do the work and you've got everything you need inside of you. Allow it to grow and mature. Amen. Praise the Lord. Eliezer, come on up, brother. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. I've visited this church a couple of times in the past for the missionary conference. And, uh, well, I'm looking forward to more visits here with you. I really enjoy the time uh, in the prophecy and knowing more deeply most of you uh, at this half because the other half was with the other team. And praise the Lord, I'm coming from Dallas, the land of the cowboys. 
<laughs> I know there are cowboys here too. Our cowboys are losing, but your cowboys are winning. So. <laughs> okay. Very good. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, God is doing a wonderful work uh, all, uh, in different parts of the world. I've had the privilege to visit different countries and... Uh, I just see that uh, God is preparing something really exciting, something really new that uh, He has promised to bring in, in this time. And uh, what I perceive uh, from, from the Lord is that uh, a very strong move of the Holy Spirit is going to come. And it is very important for all of us to be ready about uh, that uh, move of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when we read in Isaiah 11 about uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the the branch shall grow out of his uh, roots, uh, speaking about uh, uh, the rod from the stem of Jesse. Uh, it says here that the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and it gives us there uh, the seven uh, personalities or the seven ways we can identify the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, as, you, as you may know, uh, Jesus Christ has seven IAMs in the book of John. And there, those, those are seven times that Jesus said, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am so on, 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 on. I'm not going to go through the whole message. I, I want Philip to preach. Uh, but the Holy Spirit also has seven characteristics. And in Revelations, we find that about the seven spirits of God. It's not that there are seven spirits, but there's one spirit with seven characteristics, seven uh, ways of uh, him ministering and doing things. And... Uh, the first one here is the Spirit of the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord is the first one that we can see in the Scriptures. In Genesis, when the, the chaos was there over the whole world, and then the, the Spirit of the Lord was there, and then God began to speak. And when God began to speak, He said, Let there be light. And the work of the, of the Spirit of the Lord is a, a creative work, work that will take the Word of God and will make it happen. That's the part of the Holy Spirit. And I'm glad that uh, Alan spoke about uh, the Word and put a lot of emphasis in that. Because uh, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit have to come together. Some people think that uh, we should put more emphasis on one and should, we should put more emphasis on the other. But I can tell you, if you really want to see the work of the Lord in your life, you have to have the both of them. Uh, and um, as you are fed with the, with the Word of God, but uh, you are also uh, in close communion with the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you in my personal life, in, in my experience, in my testimony, the, the closer I am in my relationship with the Holy Spirit, uh, God begins to do things that are creative. And God has creative power today. He not only created the universe and created the stars and the moon and the uh, land and animals and fish and mankind and everything we see. God wants to create new things here today. And God is about to create new things in the church. The church is about to be transformed, completely transformed in, an, in a new way of uh, doing church. We are very much accustomed to the church on Sundays we come together, we worship, uh, we hear the Word of God, and all of that is very nice, all of that is very good, all of that is very positive. But church is uh, about to change more in the ways that the Lord Jesus Christ made church. Because sometimes I ask, well, what church did Jesus go every Sunday morning? And we don't find that, right? 
Where was church when Jesus was on earth? Church was everywhere. And you know, persecution in China and other places makes the church uh, start going into that direction. They are spread all over the place. They meet one time in here. And wherever they go, they preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are healings. There are salvation. There are resurrection. There are miracles. People are coming to the Lord. There's baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in many, many, many ways, we can see that even here in the United States, persecution is approaching. I don't want to scare you, but uh, if you can uh, clearly look around and see what is going on in the world, how the, the truth of God is being put in challenge, how you cannot openly speak about what is seen and what is not seen, uh, how can you know, relate with people outside or accept people you know, with uh, some strange tendencies, uh, and you know what I'm talking about. Uh, all of those things are coming stronger and stronger. And laws are being uh, created in this country that would allow uh, the churches to be persecuted. And what are we going to do? Are we going to just go into our homes and just stay there? No. We have to be ready and we have to be really uh, infilled with the Holy Spirit. Because it is the move of the Holy Spirit in our lives that will allow us to to continue to be overcomers and to continue to move forward into the preparation of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, many times we need to be shaken in order for us to go forward and to move forward into the things of God. And um, it is very good that we have this liberty today. It is very good that we, ha we have the ministry of the Word of God. But I really want to encourage you to to seek a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit. And uh, it, it is so important because it will transform you. It, it has a creative power in your life. I can tell you that uh, if you knew me when I was a teenager, I was the shyest person in the world. Uh, even when I was with my friends, I was known as a quiet one. Because they will always ask me, Oh, what do you think, Eliezer? I said, that's okay. And that was it. I never talked. I was so shy even to go buy some candies at the store. I was afraid of the person telling me uh, I don't have it. And it was incredible. But if you see me here now talking, preaching, traveling all over the world, giving words of prophecy, I can tell you something. It's a creative work of the Holy Spirit in my life. God has given me words. And I, I, I was just, well, thinking, as many of my brothers already said, Maybe that's not for me. Maybe they made a mistake. Maybe the prophet is not well-tuned in, in this case. Well, if you are just uh, simple and say, God, you can do with me whatever you want. And you come and surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And fill yourself with the singing in your heart and melodies, giving thanks to the Lord in everything, and worshiping in tongues, worshiping in, in, in understanding, and just let yourself be soaked into the work of the Holy Spirit. The same way God created the universe, and the Holy Spirit was moving upon the chaos, and God spoke a word, and that Holy Spirit took the word and made it happen. God is going to transform you. God is going to change you. God is going to do something different in your life. And I know it for sure. I was testifying you know, of one of the, the young men that came to the prophecy, how I was so bad at math. And every time I fail and fail and fail, my mom hired a special teacher for me to teach me math at home. He couldn't. 
And he said, well, he has to go to something practical because he will never be able to study anything. Because, um, well, even the more basic math was so tough for me. But when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I began to speak in tongues. Something clicked inside of me. And then I began to learn and I began to understand algebra and, and calculus and all of those things. And I started engineering. I finished an engineering career. I developed as an engineer. I was a manager. I was a, a general manager of Xerox, Mexico, in engineering. And I was in charge of that position. I traveled the, for, for the company different places. And I can see all of that was done in a creative way in my life. I know I didn't have it. And also in the ministry, I can tell you for sure that uh, the pastorate and the ministry that the Lord has given me, traveling, teaching the Word of God, and praying for people, and everything is just a creative Word of the Lord. And God has a creative power for you. I'm not special at all. I'm same with everybody. God loves us all the same. The difference is how much we surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit. Because he has a creative power, and even if you have a, your life as a chaos, as the world was at the beginning, he has the power to restore you, to change you, to make you a different person, completely different, and you will be used for the glory of God. So get closer to God. Uh, read the Word of God, and let your life be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brother Stanley, why don't you come on up and share the word with us. Thank you. Well, it's good to be back here with you again. And, um, you know, the Lord just brought to my mind that he wants us to have proven ministry, not just let every Tom, Dick, and Harry minister, but he wants proven ministry to minister to us. And praise God for these brothers that, I've just shared with you, Alan Thorner and Eliezer Mendoza and Mark Anderson. Uh, they've traveled with me and uh, in the United States and some in foreign countries. And so their ministry is a proven ministry. So I felt it was safe to bring them here to this church for this weekend. And I believe you will find out that God is going to fulfill the word which has been given to you. So, it's going to be exciting. I received laying on the hands and prophecy back in the year of 1949. And we didn't have the, the modern things you have for recording, but they did have something. They made a phonograph disc. And they handed that to me after the prophecy was over. And it was certainly a wonderful experience. I felt like I'd gone to heaven being saved was wonderful. Being filled with the Spirit was glorious. But when I had hands laid on me and received prophecy, I just felt like I'd gone to heaven. Well, praise God. The Lord has more. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is just a taste of what God has up ahead. And I'll tell you, there were some really good words that were spoken to you this morning about what God wants to do in your life. And so we're so thankful that we live in these days. Uh, I might just uh, try to provoke you to pray for us. <laughs> we, uh, 
I know you've been praying for us, and we really appreciate it. My wife is not here. She's down in Texas right now. Anyway, we're on our way to Mexico, and uh, we're going to other countries this year, like uh, Thailand, Burma, Japan, and India, and I don't know where else. Anyway, praise the Lord, we need prayer. We need the prayers of God's people. But let me just share with you quickly, this is a special year for my wife and I. Uh, First of all, this month I'm 85 years old. That's the first thing. And then after that, um, in April, we will, my wife and I will have been married 60 years. And then... And then later in the year, we will celebrate that we've been in full-time ministry and worked the Lord for 60 years. And then my wife in September turns the young age of 80. <laughs> well, she's a little bit behind me, but anyway, she's, she's catching up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I told you those things because we need your prayers. And you can kind of celebrate with us by praying for us. Hallelujah. That would be a good celebration. Glory to God. Well, thank God for his word. If you want to turn in your Bible to Psalm 102. We have a very good word from the Lord. It's all good. But to me, this is a word for this year. And I trust You recognize it's a word for you. Hallelujah. And we said Psalm 102. And let's see what it says in Psalm 102. Beginning verse 13. You shall arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time is come. Praise God. For your servants take pleasure in her stones and favor the dust thereof. So the heathen shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth your glory. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. Did you know this is the year of God's favor for you? Just. Pretend the Lord is pointing his finger at every one of you and saying, this is the year of the Lord's favor for you. That means, first of all, in your family life, there's going to be favor. It's going to be the favor of the Lord to work out every problem, to meet every need. So you'll have a strong family, family that's shining in this dark world. Family that's bringing glory to God. Yes, you're going to have favor. You that are going to school, and some are even going to school at older age as well as young age. But God's saying to you, you're going to have favor with God. So he can help you in your schoolwork. Didn't you think that was an amazing testimony that Brother Eliezer gave a while ago? About how he was so dumb. (laughs) And then suddenly he became smart. (laughs) 
Praise God. Hope this provoked some of you to hurry up and get filled with the Spirit. Because when he got filled with the Spirit, he got some supernatural revelation, understanding concerning math and a lot more things. And you'll find that the Lord's really going to make a difference in your life as you're filled with the Spirit. And so what happened when you got filled? Well, I could say a lot of things. Certainly I spoke in tongues, been speaking in tongues since 1946. But what God did for me, he made me want to pray. I wanted to pray by the hour. I mean, I wanted to pray. That's what the Holy Spirit did for me. Well, praise God. I still like to pray. And it's good for the people of every church to pray. I uh, was in prayer meeting, the prayer room this morning, in youth, youth hall, I guess you call that. I was interested to see how many came out for prayer. Well, I went with my grandson to a big church in Houston. Possibly you've seen it on television or something. Joel Osteen's church, 42,000 people on Sunday services. So I happened to be there on the Wednesday night. I said, Lord, it's going to be interesting to see how many people come out on Wednesday night. Well, you know how many came out? 20,000. Almost half of the congregation came out to Wednesday night prayer meeting. Praise the Lord. I think at least this church should have 50% of the church in that prayer room on Sunday morning. Say, so, oh, yeah. Can't get them all in there. Well, you can figure it out. <laughs> Praise God. I just have to look back in the early days of God's outpouring, which my wife and I were trained in, the 1940s. And before every service, we had an altar. And the people were gathered around in prayer before every service. This wasn't just in one church, but in more than one church. And that was before the service. And then as soon as the service was finished, the people had been ministered to, and everybody gathered around again, praying, seeking the Lord, that God's Word might become a part of their life. And maybe God was talking to them about needing deliverance and Praise God, they got deliverance. And, well, it's just such a wonderful atmosphere of prayer. And I don't want to put you on the spot, but don't you think it'd be good if we'd get some of those old things back again? Huh? You say, well, I wouldn't be so comfortable if I had to do that. Well, that would be good for you to sacrifice to the Lord. By giving your time to pray and seek his face. I'm not here to condemn any of you. I'm here to encourage you to pray. Remember what I said when I got filled with the Spirit? I had a desire to pray like I never had before. I just wanted to pray by the hour. Well, didn't you run out of things to pray about? No. 
the Holy Spirit has always shown me more and more and more to pray about. Hallelujah. There's plenty to pray about. And I'll tell you, you'll find a great difference in your services as there's more prayer in this local church. So be encouraged in these things and praise the Lord. Remember, this is the year of God's favor. He's going to be waiting for your prayer requests so he can answer your prayers. It's going to be an exciting time to have favor with the Lord. Glory to God. You're going to have favor on your jobs and your financial situation. You're going to have favor in your relationship one to another. God's going to give favor with him and with one another. You can see in the training of Jesus, Luke 2.52, it says, Jesus grew in favor with God and man. He's setting an example before us there. And as you read about the early church in the second chapter of the book of Acts, you see that it says there in the last part of the chapter, the people had favor with the people. The Christians, in other words, had favor with the sinners as well as the Christians. It's a sign of wonderful moving of the Spirit of God when we have favor with God and favor with man. And so God's going to give us favor with people in this city. But some of you are going out as missionaries, maybe to some foreign countries. God's going to give you favor over there. Wherever we go, God's going to give us favor with the people so They'll receive the gospel so they'll be saved. Maybe healed, delivered from evil habits. He's going to do a life-changing work in these last days. The reason Jesus hadn't come yet, because he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Aren't you glad he's still giving the world some more time to get ready to meet him and spend eternity with him? He's giving us some more time, too, to use the favor he's giving us so we can be used to see more people saved. Now, no criticism if you've come here from another church. That's fine. I acknowledge that the Lord's in that. But I'll tell you. The best people in any church that's being built is the sinners that are saved. Praise God. So God wants just to fill this place with sinners that's been saved and they're hungry, open to the Lord. And and the church is going to grow a solid growth through those sinners that are saved and come to the Lord because they have a teachable attitude, teachable spirit. Praise God. Well, I know you're doing a lot of thinking while I'm speaking. That's good. It's good to be thinking about what God's speaking to us. Hallelujah. And plan on doing something about it. Well, 
Another picture of the early church is found in Mark chapter 16 and verse 20. Of course, in that scripture, Jesus starts out in verse 15 about saying, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But then in verse 20, it says the early church, They went everywhere, the Lord working with them. Hey. He's talking about you. That's what he's got planned in his giving us favor. The Lord's planning on working with you, but you've got to get out of the church. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Got to get out of the church out there where the people are, out there where the sinners are. And we'll find the Lord is going to be working with us. And not only working with us, but confirming his word with signs following. This is a time when we're going to have a ministry like it says Jesus had, which was Acts chapter 2 and verse 22. If you're not familiar with that scripture, it's good to get familiar with it because it's what God's going to bring into your life. <coughs> Acts 2.22 Your men of Israel hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourself also know. He was approved before God. By what? Miracles, wonders, and signs. And so as the early church went forth everywhere, it says the Lord was working with them, confirming the word, and bringing them forth into a ministry just like Jesus had. Because Jesus promised his disciples, promised us, the works that I do you should do also. And greater works than these shall you do, because I go unto my Father. Excuse me. Well, glory to Jesus. You say, well, that scripture you read um, in Psalm 102, I think that's talking about the Jews. Well, (laughs) it includes the Jews. It includes every nation, everybody. But it's not just something natural. We know that God is working in the natural Israel, and we can see it so many times in so many ways, even though they're not really serving the Lord. But the Lord is talking to us, a heavenly people, just like he brings out in Hebrews chapter 12. Let's just notice at the beginning here where it tells us about that. This is Hebrews chapter 12. This is what he said has happened as we've received Christ as our Savior, and especially when we get filled with the Spirit, it's happened. You are come unto Mount Zion. This is Hebrews 12:22. You are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Praise God. And... We have come to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, which are written in heaven and God were come to God, the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Oh, hallelujah. 
So, we've come to a heavenly place. Praise the Lord. When he's giving us favor, he's giving favor to a heavenly people, a heavenly church. You say, well, the church of Jesus Christ is on earth, isn't it? Well, we're here in body, but in our walk with the Lord, we're in the very throne room of God. Hallelujah. That's a pretty high place, isn't it? The head of the church is in the throne room of God. Well, is the church somewhere scattered, somewhere far, far away? No, the church is with the head in heavenly places. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Ephesians chapter 1 says, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. See any word that you need to take notice of in that verse? I see one. It says he's blessed us with all, A-double-L, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Praise God. Do you know why it's so good to serve the Lord? Because we're not partaking of earthly things that don't satisfy. And we're not partaking of things that pass away. We're partaking of heavenly things that really meet our need and really satisfy our hearts. So I said my wife and I have been traveling in the ministry for 60 years. And we have had a continual life of pleasure. No condemnation if you got a television and if you watch the television a whole lot. But, you know, I found, my wife has found, we can be thoroughly satisfied, happy, having pleasure, never looking at the television. Praise God. Say, you got a television? Yeah, we've got a television. Sure. But it doesn't take the television to satisfy my heart or my need. It doesn't take the television for me to have pleasure. I have pleasure by knowing Jesus and by doing his will. Praise God. That brings a deep satisfaction. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 36 says he will make us to drink of the drip drips of his pleasures. Is that what he said? He said he will make us drink of the rivers of pleasure. Don't go around and act like you're burnt out on life. Praise God. We've got rivers of pleasure to satisfy us. Heavenly things, eternal things. We have a provision that is for every one of our needs. Spirit, soul, and body. Spiritual, physical, and financial. We've got a heavenly provision that will thoroughly take care of us and bring us into being in the image of Christ. Partaking of his fullness. You know, that partaking of his fullness 
is barely going to get started while we're in this body. This body kind of is a hindrance. When we see Jesus face to face and we get a new body, I'll tell you, we're really going to begin to start to partake of his fullness. And we're going to be partaking of his fullness for all the years of eternity. There's always more and more and more. So you better get started in partaking of the more and enjoying the inheritance which the Lord has provided for you. For his inheritance is heavenly. Praise God. Glory to God. And that's what we have to tell the world, the good news. That there's something beyond this old world that's fading away. God's had me preach recently on something that was kind of shocking to me and maybe to the people that heard it. I'm just going to read it real quick. We haven't run out of time yet, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. In Second Peter. Listen to what it says. Verse 7. Chapter 3, verse 7. Second Peter. The heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away. That's the heavens that's just around the earth now where God dwells. The heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Better not get attached to this world, because it's going to fade away. It's going to be burned up. It's going to be no more. <laughs> but for those that love the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, Nevertheless, this is verse 13, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth wherein dwells righteousness. My, what's it going to be like in that new heaven and new earth where there's no sin, no sickness, no death, no tears, no sorrow. No bad thing. No war. Praise God. It's something to really look for. And tell everybody you can. Get them detached. Set free from the things of this world. Because they're going to pass away. And get them into the inheritance that is theirs through Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful in a new body. It's coming soon. Hallelujah. You want to advertise it? Praise God, I'm going to get a new body. Hallelujah. How about you? You going to get a new body? If you're not, you can come up here and we'll pray for you when we finish ministering. Praise the Lord, because God loves you. Jesus Christ died for everyone in the world. And it's the same 
gospel, it's the same word in every country. I may sound like I'm narrow-minded, but I've found by experience I don't have to learn all the customs and the way people live in these foreign countries. Well, you will learn some if you go to a foreign country. But the main thing is to share with the people God's word and tell them the good news about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And tell what he's provided for them. Praise God. It'll take care of all the other things that's going on. All the ways they eat and the way they dress and their customs and all those things. It'll all be taken care of as they receive Christ as their Savior and are filled with the Spirit and begin to serve the Lord and do His will. Praise God. They sound like I'm a little narrow-minded, but that's the way the Lord's led me, and that's the way we've worked down through the years. And it's wonderful. Now, you're going to find some countries that are difficult. Is there anybody here from Japan? Anybody here from Japan? Well, I'm sure there's some that come to the services from time to time from Japan. Well, as we went to Japan... I had to realize it was the most difficult country we'd ever gone to. And it was so difficult that I began to kind of question, well, am I really in God's will or not? But the Lord had done something that's wise for all of us. He had confirmed his word. He had confirmed his leading to come to Japan in quite a few different ways. And we really knew it was God's will. In fact, we had looked forward to coming for 22 years. Well, when we arrived in Japan, I just stood on the many confirmations that we were supposed to be there. And praise God, then God began to work. Well, I'll have to say... I came out with a strange experience when I was trying to see somebody brought to the Lord. I felt like I was taking a dead man and putting him up against the wall and saying, live, live. (laughs) That's the way it felt. But praise God, as we simply shared the word, the word worked in the hearts of the people and soon they were saved. And a wonderful thing happened In our experience, we even began to see sometimes the husbands saved before the wives. Don't you think that's pretty good, man? Huh? Usually the women are the ones that are filling the churches first. But George Bostrom, who's gone on to be with the Lord, I think Dale knew George. Anyway, he prayed that the Lord would give men in his church. And so when you come to the church that he was pastoring, you look and, hey, there's more men than women. What's going on here? Well, he had prayed and he had asked for men. And the Lord had answered, Lord to God, you might try it here. It might work. Lord to God, that would be quite an interesting thing for some visiting minister to come and look and, Hey, there's more men here than women. What's going on? 
Well, praise God. God needs to bring in lots of men. Man, I'm talking to you. God needs to bring in a lot of men because he needs to raise up a lot of leadership in the work of the Lord because many new churches are going to be started and there has to be leadership in those churches. And not just leadership that was saved last night. Bless God, that was good that they were saved last night. But God believes in leadership being trained before they go out in the work of the Lord. But I'll tell you, it can happen pretty fast when the Holy Spirit's at work. God can train leaders pretty fast when the Holy Spirit's doing the work. Praise God. Let's keep that in mind. And, of course, the Holy Spirit does a good job causing people to be established in his word, in God's word. Well, let's see. I'm going to have to finish up here pretty soon, I suppose. We need to be like Caleb. He said in Numbers 1330, we're well able to overcome. Glory to God because of our favor with the Lord, because of our favor with people, we're able to overcome every obstacle, every work of the devil that will try to rise up, we can see brought down. Because the Lord has promised to give unto us the people of this world, saved, born into his kingdom, having eternal life. Hallelujah. And they said once again in chapter 14, Numbers 14, 6 through 8, says, this is what Joshua and Caleb were saying, If the Lord delight in us, he will bring us into this land. Yes, God will cause us to possess this world for Christ. There's many giants There's many hindrances. But if he delight in us, he's going to give us souls. He's going to give us a great harvest. You want to believe with me that the harvest of Japan will come in? It hasn't broken loose yet. We were there one day before the earthquake last year. Stayed about five weeks in Japan after the earthquake. God's working in the hearts. It's a result of the earthquake. People are being saved. That difficult part of Japan where the earthquake was, it's loosening up and getting more open. Praise God for that. But God, not just through me or to me, but through many people, has spoken that there's going to be a great harvest in Japan, like millions of people being saved. I believe it. I've been believing it since 1954 when the Lord first spoke it to me. And, of course, he's spoken to me many times since. He's spoken to other people. So I believe it's going to come to pass. No man's going to bring it to pass, but the Lord's going to bring it to pass. And this is going to happen in many countries of the world, for the Lord spoke to me in 54 on a boat from 
Bombay, India to New York, he spoke to me, in the last days, there's going to be millions of people saved. Not just in Japan. He, he pointed especially to Japan, but this is in all the world. Praise the Lord. It's going to be a wonderful harvest time in these days ahead. Now, I'm just going to have to be honest. This year isn't going to be an easy year. There's going to be some difficult things. There may be some persecution. Oh, my, God is so merciful in persecution. I just read of Dick Hillis. He and other missionaries were in China in 1950 when the communists took over. And he was going to be killed. And they just simply came at the door, knocked on the door in those days, took him outside the house and shot him. Got rid of him. That's what he was in line for, he and his wife and other missionaries. And suddenly one day the knock came. Felt like that was the day of his execution. But when the knock came, <laughs> there was amazing news. The people that brought the message to them said, There's two Chinese couples that have said they'll take your place in dying. And you can go free. In five hours, they left China. That was Dick Hillis. He's a well-known missionary for many years. Isn't that love? My, my. God's children giving their life for other brothers and sisters doing the work of the Lord. Well, it's going to be difficult There's going to be some persecution. There's going to be some real opposition of the enemy. But we do have the privilege of binding the devil and casting him down and overthrowing him on the right hand and on the left hand. So let's not forget and let's not be lazy in dominion. Let's use the dominion God has given us. And let's see the work of the Lord go forward in the United States. Our country is really in need. Did you know that? Oh, there needs to be revival. There needs to be awakening. There needs to be a great harvest here in the United States as well as the other countries of the world. And God wants to use every one of us because he is giving every one of you favor. Favor with God and favor with man. I think we all need To say it as a positive confession together. My God has given me favor with God and with man. My God has given me favor with God and man. Hallelujah. And that is now. That's right now. The set time. As we just read there in Psalm 102. The set time of his favor has come. And he will appear In his glory as he builds up Zion, as he builds up his church. Glory to God. We're going to see mighty things taking place. I couldn't help but notice something. God spoke to somebody when we were bringing forth prophecy. God was saying, you can even see the dead raised. (laughs) Well, praise God. How about believing that? You can even see the dead raised. 
God's got a ministry of signs and wonders and miracles for every one of us. It's not just for the five ministry offices. It's for every one of us. The early church went forth everywhere preaching the gospel. The Lord worked with them and confirmed the word with signs following, just like Jesus had miracles, signs, and wonders. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Well, it's about time to quit, but I'm not going to quit just exactly yet. (laughs) This is the grace period. And what God wants to say to us in finishing is what we find in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus went forth and saw the people, and he was moved with compassion. The foundation of signs and wonders and miracles is the love of God, is compassion for the people. And so we see Jesus ministering to the blind man. His heart, in the 20th chapter of Matthew, his heart was moved with compassion for those blind men. He stretched forth his hand and they were healed and they were able to see the leper. Mark chapter 1 said, Jesus, I know you can heal me if you're willing. And Jesus said, I am willing. His heart was moved with compassion for that leper. Oh, such terrible cases as demon-possessed man that Jesus met in Mark chapter 5. Man who was a wild man, could not be bound. He lived in the cemetery, was continually wearing no clothes, cutting himself, making weird noises day and night. But then that man met Jesus. Oh, that man was so terribly bound that when the demons were cast out of him, it made 2,000 pigs run down the hill and be drowned. But after that happened, the people came to see the man that had been demon-possessed. He was sitting, praise God. He was clothed. He was in his right mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was wonderfully showing what God had done for him. And so he wanted to go with Jesus every place Jesus went. But Jesus said, I want you to go tell the people that the Lord has had compassion on you. Boy, I'll tell you, the Lord really had compassion on that man. But his need was met. Let's not limit God and think that some cases too difficult for God. There's a scripture, I believe, that says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Huh? No, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. All things are possible. Only believe. The Lord furnishes the faith so you can believe that all things are possible. Jesus had pleasure in stopping funerals, like in the seventh chapter of Luke. There was a young man, dead, being carried out to be buried. And Jesus said to the funeral, Stop! He commanded the man that was dead to rise up. The man sat up in his coffin. And 
he was delivered to his mother, who was very sad about his death. Hallelujah. The Lord takes pleasure in bringing joy to people, taking away sorrow, taking away difficult circumstances. Oh, isn't it wonderful to be a part of that, to be able to minister that kind of ministry to people. Glory to God. So the Lord is here today, not only to help us receive his favor, but to fill us with his love and compassion in such a way that things are going to begin to pop. Hallelujah. The gifts of the Spirit are going to be in operation. The blind eyes are going to pop open. The deaf ears are going to pop open. The lame are going to rise up and walk. Even cancer is going to be healed. I'll tell you, we need to claim that we'll have dominion over that terrible demon of cancer at work in our country, even work in the church. Would you like to stand? We're going to pray. Now, God does not force anything upon anybody. But he is saying to us today, are you willing to receive my favor? I want to give you favor with God in every area of your life where God's help will be right there working with you. Meeting every need, giving victory. He's wanting to give you favor with man, whether it's here in Stillwater, other parts of the United States, or other parts of the world. His plan is to give you favor with people so they can come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And even favor with God's children, where so many of God's children are in need. They need to be led on into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A sad thing. We find many countries of the world that people have been filled with the Spirit. They spoke in tongues one time, but they never were taught that they could keep speaking in tongues every day and enjoy being filled fresh with the Holy Spirit every day. And so we're able to tell them the good news everywhere we go, and they begin to speak in tongues every day. If you're not speaking in tongues every day, I'd like to certainly encourage you to do it. Of course, if you're not a child of God, that's where you have to start. The Lord's ready to receive every one of us as children for eternity. If we'll confess and forsake our sin and trust in Him as our Lord and Savior, He will make us part of the family and He will give us favor with God as He makes us part of the family. And so, he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit if you haven't been filled. As we were ministering to people the last two days, we found some precious people that hadn't been filled, and we were encouraging them. God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He wants to speak in tongues through you. And praise God, you encourage these ones in the church that need to be filled. Be willing to take the time to pray with them because you know what a difference it makes just like Eliezer testified. He got a new mind. He got the mind of Christ. He got what God knows about mathematics. 
Praise God. And you'll get your portion too. God's got lots to give you as you're filled with the Holy Spirit. But don't believe that speaking in tongues is just one time. It's something for every day. It's a gift God gives and we can speak in tongues every day and we can be filled fresh with the Holy Spirit many times a day. We can be ready for everything God wants us to do with the fresh anointing of the Spirit because we're not going to save this world. Jesus is going to save this world. He's just going to use us as the instruments. Oh, I want you today, if you are willing to receive God's favor, I want you to raise your hands and say, Lord, I receive your favor, favor with God and favor with man. It's the set time of your favor, it says in Psalm 102. It's not next year, next week, next month. It's now. Oh, let's just talk to the Lord. I'm going to lead out in prayer, but you talk to the Lord individually, personally, and say, Lord, I want your favor. I need your favor. I accept your favor. Oh, yes, Lord. You're so good to us. We're so unworthy. But, Lord, you're saying to us, you want to give us favor so we can see many come to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can see your church mildly blessed, every need met by their partaking of heavenly things. Oh, thank you for truly causing each one that's standing, raising their hands. As they're standing, raising their hands, we're believing you're going to come upon them with your favor. As they go forth into the world in contact with people, whether it be your children or whether it be sinners. Lord, you're giving them favor, favor with the people that they might minister to them, that you might minister to them. Yes. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you for the favor you're giving. You're going to take care of us. You're going to bring us into abundant life. Hallelujah. You're going to cause us to see many souls saved because it's harvest time in the earth. You said you're lifting your church to a higher level of evangelism where it was ones or twos coming to the Lord in the past. It's going to be the multitudes coming in. God, we claim that. We believe that because we have your favor. Because you're going to do it. You're going to bring it to pass. Oh, even as we stand before you right now. We believe because of your favor that you'll meet every need. That you'll go up and down these uh, seats, these aisles, uh, Lord, and supply the need for spiritual ability, spiritual strength. Lord, maybe we're like Eliezer was. But, Lord, you're going to change us. You're going to give us what we need. Hallelujah. So we can succeed. Oh, yes. Minister to your children mildly today. Heal every one of them. We're believing you're going up and down these rows of seats where the people are ministering to them. Healing, deliverance, Satan, your power is broken. Your sickness and disease you have to take. 
and go from this place. You have to go from their car. You have to go from their house. You have to go from their apartment. You have to go from wherever they go. You are defeated, Satan. These people are set free from the sickness and disease and the pain. They shall be healed so they'll be strong and well and healthy so they can do your will and do your work. Yes, you see the needs. You see the financial needs, financial problems. Come and visit your children. They have favor with you, Lord. Supply them with jobs. Supply them with better jobs if they have a not good job. Supply them, Lord, with all that they have need of. Lord, just take care of them. And, Lord, glorify your name by supplying every need. Hear each one's cry, O Lord. Hear each one's cry. And minister in your mighty power. And encourage and strengthen and bless. Because the set time of your favor is come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's praise him, shall we? Thank you, Lord. We just praise you. Just praise you, Lord. Just glorify you. Oh, you're so good. You're so wonderful. You're so precious. We love you. We love you. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our praise.